Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, flow, freedom, agorism, anarchy, and more. Our mission is to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. I'm your host, Mike the Polymath Whistler, coming from the Easy Peasy Shop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. How's it going, y'all? Welcome to episode 29 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. Now, I'm going to ask you to bear with me tonight. I'm going to do my best to be as articulate as I can because I'll be honest, I'm a little, hmm. It's a little bit late. I ate my last mushroom, drank a couple of brews, smoked a couple of spliffs, and, and I watched one of my favorite movies. And it got me thinking, you know, I've, I've got all these movies that I love. And I started making a list, right? I guess I, I should say, before I move on to the idea of this episode, I'll finish my first thought in that I, I feel no need to apologize for being little tipsy. I just thought I'd warn you, shall we say. Um, Because this is, after all, the origin of this podcast. If you go back and listen to the early, early episodes, I suppose this is still, you know, still in that category. But if you listen to the early ones, there's a handful there where it was late and I was a little bit lubricated. So... You know, it's part of the show. It's not going to be every episode, but occasionally I have the urge to to talk late in the evening time. So, this is one of those. But anywho, I made this list, right? This list, I call it Wiss's top 10 FTG movies. Now, FTG, if you're sitting there wondering what I mean by that, 
If you know me well by now, you, you might be able to guess it means fuck the government. Top 10 fuck the government movies. <laughs> and I didn't spend a whole hell of a lot of time refining this list. You know, we could debate. There's, there's many, many, many more that are worthy of being on this list. But as a movie buff, you know, I just kind of like trusted my gut with what I've seen and what has affected me and and movies that I've felt the need to watch again. Right? Now before I tell you any of the Titles. I'm going to do a little bit of what they, in the business here, call housekeeping. I want to, I want to give a little shout out to a fella named John. Now, I got an email and I have not yet responded. I'm really bad about responding to emails because often I feel like I need to formulate a thought. And that takes me some time before I respond. So, John, I'm going to be getting back to you here soon. I suppose I'm getting back to you now. But John sent me a very nice message. He said that he heard me on Living Free in Tennessee. That's Nicole Sauce's podcast. You should go listen to it, especially the episode that I was you know, a guest on very nice privilege to go on to her show. I've, I've been reached out to by a handful of very kind, kind people who have heard that episode and started listening to me. But John here, he told me that he started listening to the show and he said he was sitting in his deer stand. You know, if he's already hunting deer, Oh, you know what he said? He said he was out in the woods setting deer stands. That explains my confusion because as far as I know, it's not deer season yet. But he says he was out setting his deer stands for the year. And he was listening to my episode about flow. And he said he was working hard, but it was blissful time. And then he said something about the random guy in the bar episode. I forget which episode that was, but that was with the anonymous fellow, right? And how he wasn't sure where it was going, but it turned out interesting. You know, he said so spontaneous. He says, you know, the last thing that John said is, how do I donate? And I haven't quite got that set up yet. I haven't really even thought it through. But I appreciate you, John. Thank you. And I, I'll, I'll let you know before long how to donate. But anywho, let's let's move on to the to the list, right? <laughs> Top ten fuck the government movies. Okay. Now, I was born in 1993. I 
I grew up watching all kinds of different movies, but I loved a certain brand, shall we say. And I've started to understand what that brand of cinema was. And it's kind of that renegade, that that hmm, nonconformist, that you know, anti-hero. I always loved those kind of kind of movies, right? So the first one on the list, right, of this of this list of ten, it was so obvious. If you're gonna make a list of anti-government movies, number one has to be V for Vendetta. I mean, come on, right? If you haven't seen it, I'll give you the basic premise, right? It's, it takes place in the UK in sort of a dystopian, not-too-distant future where a virus leads to a public panic which leads to a government lockdown which leads to a totalitarian dictator and it turns out that the virus was it was engineered by the government itself and that the panic was also shall we say reinforced it's a very interesting movie now I won't tell you much more it's Hugo Weaving if I'm not mistaken I think I have that name that name right and Natalie Portman Hugo Weaving is the guy that plays Mr. Smith in the Matrix and um, the, what's his name in Lord of the Rings the King Elf uh, Elrond I believe Elrond <sighs> great actors though Natalie Portman and Hugo Weaving and V for Vendetta just uh, if you never saw it give it a watch in times like these it it's so incredibly poignant you know it hits on the idea of censorship and propaganda and you know sort of people seeing through the veil right which i think is a common thread through all of these movies and that's that's probably enough on v number two again i thought this one was fairly obvious <coughs> excuse me and i've talked at length about it already so i won't i won't spend a lot of time on it but the matrix and for that matter number three is terminator 2 so i i spent a whole episode I think I called it Red Pill, Blue Pill. Kind of talking about these movies. And that whole thing about Red Pill, I know it's kind of been overplayed, but it's 
it's still valid. So let's just let it, let's let it be in the lexicon for a while, you know, a while more. But these two movies, they're, they're kind of both about the rise of artificial intelligence and, and renegades sort of fighting against the system, right? In a nutshell, trying to alter the course of the future. You know, not so much in the case of the Matrix, but just, just again, you know, these movies are about seeing through the veil. And if you want me to talk to you more about those two movies, just fucking go back and listen to Red Pill, Blue Pill. But... Number four, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Now this, I have long said, is my all-time favorite movie. And if the sort of anti-governmentness of some of these choices I've made on this list is not overtly apparent, like, I... I think you need to watch the movies if you haven't to, to, to get the vibe that I'm talking about. It's not necessarily fuck the U.S. government or fuck the, you know, any particular thing. It's, th- these movies all share in my mind the, the fuck the government attitude. And Butch and Sundance, right? This movie is, is one of the greatest movies ever made, right? Like, by all accounts, won, I believe, five Academy Awards and was tied for a very long time with having the most Academy Awards. I think maybe Avatar or some bullshit might have beaten it, but I believe it was tied with Titanic for a long time. But Butch and Sundance, such a such a classic tale of a couple of cowboys sort of on the run from the law, right? You know, robbing banks and stagecoaches and trains and just living as they want and something about the American outlaw. A person that just throws away the rules of society and just just makes it up as they go right changes the rules plays by their own rules right it's what i always liked about the character butch cassidy is he's kind of a robin hood type fellow and and he's historical he was a real guy you know and as with as with a lot of gangsters right he's kind of kind of beloved it's funny how we sometimes pick the bad guy <laughs> depends on who says that they're the bad guy right so butch cassidy and the sundance kid classic western movie my all-time favorite give it a give it a screening if you have not seen it before or if you have now number five (laughs) this is one that i 
used to watch every time it would come across on cable, right? Remember those days where if a good movie was on a channel, it you know it didn't matter how far into the movie it was. Like there were there were quite a few movies that I had seen maybe the last two thirds or the last half of you know multiple times before I'd ever seen the beginning. It's so funny. Those days are kind of long gone, aren't they? But this was one of those cable movies that it's a classic. It's a classic. Escape from Alcatraz. This is Kurt or I'm sorry, uh, Clint Eastwood, right? Classic American movie and it's another, you know, it's a true story more or less and uh it's about a man who refuses to be penned in you know he gets transferred to Alcatraz because he's successfully broken out of multiple prisons and they've kept catching him and putting him back in jail and he keeps busting out cuz he he just refuses you know he he knows that freedom is all that matters and uh, he gets transferred to Alcatraz, and this movie is the whole, you know, the whole plot to break out of Alcatraz, which nobody had ever done. Right? They called it the Rock. Nobody had ever successfully escaped until I don't know what year it was. I think 1960 something, and you know, the prison was closed very shortly after this this prison break and nobody knows if the fellas survived but they definitely got away it's pretty cool now number six another escape from movie (laughs) this is kind of the the b-list movie on 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 my top ten Escape from New York. Kurt Russell. You know, this movie, it's incredible. You know, I've seen it a handful of times. Every time I've watched it, I've been stoned. (laughs) And the, the basic premise is this guy, Snake Plissken, right? The ultimate sort of killer, assassin, what have you. Uh, and he's, you know, he's brought in by the government to do a job because no one else can. And it's that the United States president has crashed into the island of Manhattan, which has been turned into a prison island, right? This is a dystopian future. It's such a such a wild movie. And he has to go on this rescue mission for the president of the United States. It's super hilarious and far-fetched and at the same time kind of strikes this chord. Like is this the sort of future we might be 
be heading towards Escape from New York Worth a watch One of my favorites Number seven Ferris Bueller's Day Off (laughs) You know I might have been a 90's kid But I've got a soft spot for these 80's flicks And Ferris Bueller's Day Off Might be the best one You know Skipping school To run around the city Stealing dad's Ferrari Getting on a parade float and singing to everybody, you know, flaunting your your adolescent, uh, you know, recklessness and abandon, just just living at the top of of existence, the pinnacle of experience. That is Ferris Bueller's day off. And it all started with a decision to skip school. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I might have done that a time or two. Now, number eight, Captain Fantastic. This is a bit of, you know, kind of an indie art flick, if you will. Hugo Mort or no, I'm sorry, Vigo Mortensen. He plays this father of quite a quite a bunch of rugrats, shall we say? I think he has six or eight kids, and their wife died. He's kind of on their own, you know, or he's on his his own raising these kids, which range in age from probably. Four to, you know, 18 or 17, something like that. And, and they live out in the, in the bush, I believe up in Alaska. You know, he's a, he's a real deep thinking kind of guy. And so is his wife. And they decided they didn't want any part of society. So they moved their their family to a little patch of the wilderness and taught their kids how to how to hunt and fish and and grow food and to read and to write and to to play with one another but they were kind of raised in isolation and you know this movie is is sort of the story of of the family having to having to bury their mother. But according to wishes, not her own and not their own, but her, her family, you know, in the Midwest, um, who want, who want the body back in the family plot instead of up in Alaska. Right. And, I won't give the whole movie away, but it's just, it's really a, a tearjerker. I won't lie. It's, but you know, it's full of feels. It's just full of feels good and bad, you know, like, and, and you can tell that there's this, this tension 
between the oldest son, right, and the father. Because the oldest son is starting to realize that, you know, his father's kind of made them into freaks in some ways. But in some ways, he's he's shown them the truth, right? These kids, when they're exposed to America, to the culture, if you will, to our plastique culture, our our disposable Tupperware society, right? When these kids see it, they almost can't believe it. They say, where are all the animals and plants, you know? That's a movie that you should only watch if you're if you're in that kind of mood to to really feel some some things. It's not an easy one to watch. Captain Fantastic. Very good. Number nine. The Lords of Dogtown. This is a <laughs> this is another classic movie where it's just it's just a this one's got kind of that punk rock vibe right where it's just just a bunch of bunch of kids doing doing something their own way saying fuck the rules right it's about surfers and skaters in Venice Beach in I believe like the mid to late 70s and it's really it's about the invention of modern skateboarding and how when the sport was just getting started it was it was being treated very much like say gymnastics you know people out on skateboards on a flat sort of arena with no no terrain or obstacles or jumps or anything just a flat you know hardwood surface that they were doing handstands and you know 360s and you know loop de loops and curly cues and all these cute little cutesy you know cutesy little fucking tricks right and these surfers that started skateboarding they they were the first ones to to use like polyurethane wheels or whatever the hell uh I'm not even sure if I'm using the right word there I don't give a fuck but they 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 started carving on on curves and and skating in pools right and doing all all sorts of things that no one had done before in this movie it's it's all true you know at least more or less and you know, it's just so funny. They go to this this skateboarding competition and they just they're a bunch of fucking hooligans and they they disregard the the etiquette and they disregard the rule book and they they show everybody up. They walk in with this attitude like we're the best and we know it and they leave without a fucking trophy. But who cares? They changed the entire sport. It's because they broke the rules. 
Now, the very last movie on my list. I suppose before I tell you what it is, you know, I'm sure a lot of you out there are thinking, golly, you didn't say this movie or that movie. There's a hell of a lot of movies that are like way more fuck the government on their surface. You know, I could have, I could have talked about the Big Short or you know the Wolf of Wall Street or you know W or you know that fucking Dick Cheney movie that came out like W was it. Oh, eye-opener, but that movie all about Dick Cheney, I forget what the fuck it was called. What was it? Vice? I think it was, I think it might have been Vice. It was Vice, as in Vice President, but it's like, there's a lot of movies. There's a lot of movies that are trying to tell us something about our our society, our culture, our our setup, our willingness to Accept this, this thing, this machine that's at play, this, this megalith of government and corporatocracy. And this list is never complete as far as these movies go. You could add hundreds of movies to the, you know, to the list here, but the last one I picked... It's the one I watched tonight. And it's a pretty wholesome movie. (laughs) School of Rock. Right? I hope you've seen it. It's great. You know, Jack Black. Hilarious. It's a it's a fucking funny movie. All these kiddos learning to rock and roll, right? But you know the funny thing was I'm I'm watching this movie tonight and I'm thinking god this this seemed so plausible when it came out in the early 2000s you know somebody conning their way into a job as a substitute teacher and uh you know sneaking the kids out of the school to go play a rock and roll show <laughs> You know, it's just so funny. It's a pretty far-fetched movie, but at the time it seemed halfway plausible, and I guess that's the magic of Hollywood. They just, you know, it's the magic of story. And I love the whole vibe of, you know, rock and roll. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Rock and roll ain't gonna die. <laughs> you know, I actually wrote down the lyrics, right? If you've watched School of Rock, like you might remember the feeling you get at the end when they're playing the gig and they're playing Zach's song, right? And really the lyrics I think are pretty incredible, you know. I don't know if Jack Black wrote them or or who, but <laughs> It says, baby, we was making straight A's, but we were stuck in a dumb daze. Don't take much to memorize your lies. I feel like I've been hypnotized. 
And then that magic man, he come to town. Woo-wee, he done spun my head around. He said recesses in session. Two and two make five. And now, baby, I'm alive. Yeah, so... (laughs) I'm not a fan of public school, as we call it, or, uh, you know, as those in the liberty movement, the anarchy, the libertarian, the, the sort of freedom space, we like to call it government schools, you know? Funny thing is, this movie is about a prep school, a private school, you know, it's the best of the best. I went to public school, but I I went to one of the best of the best in the state, right? I went to a very good public school, but the whole time, at least maybe starting when I was like, I don't know, 8th or ninth grade, maybe 7th, start recognizing that some of your teachers just suck and uh, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about and you know you don't even want to learn this shit because what's the point and this and that you know I mean public school I think it's just so outdated and it doesn't allow a kid to to pursue their potential you know, what it does is it forces them to sit still and to take tests. That's all. That's all. And a, a, a movie like School of Rock just kind of shows the limitations of our education, of our current model of, of educating our children, of these rigid sort of, you know, gold stars and, and black dots, right? Good girl, bad boy, you know, sit down, shut up, listen, and learn. I know we're getting a little better. I don't mean to disparage any of the educators out there, but it's like, I just don't know why anybody would put their kid through that indoctrination. You know, once you start to see through the veil you recognize that we're programmed through those schools we are programmed to be good little sheep you know I think you can go to public school and come out a great person but so many of us are just we have the humanity sort of programmed out of us through that 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 bullshit. You know, they they treat you like a prisoner. It's just like a prison, you know. The bell rings, you stand up. The bell rings, you sit down. Like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Kids under fluorescent lights for eight hours a day, you know, with a 25-minute recess or whatever, and... If it's too windy or rainy or fucking cold, they're not allowed to go outside because it's hazardous. It's like, give me a fucking break, man. Like, we gotta learn to be humans, you know? Not 
consumers, not little cogs, not little fucking whatever the fuck our public schools are teaching us. It's just not working. I don't know. You know, so many people, you just, you can't, I know you can't do it, but like homeschooling is so attainable these days. Like Maybe you can. There are curriculums. And then your kid has more freedom. And less potential to be humiliated and picked on and traumatized and indoctrinated into the idea that you must be a servant of the system and you must do as you're told and you must shit when we allow you to and you must eat when we say and you must I know I'm being dramatic but it's it's not how free people exist You know, and we spend 12 years in jail as children, you know. I get it. The educators, most of them are good, good people. They really are. And the facilities, a lot of times are nice, but a lot of times they're just not, you know. Even in a good school, these kids are sitting in a cinder block cell, under fluorescent lights. And you get the occasional exceptional teacher. But most of them are pretty damn mediocre. At least in my experience, right? I'd say like like 5 to 10% were really good. And then like 50 to 60% were just mediocre, like like tolerable, whatever. Like they taught their subject, <sighs> didn't really get you inspired in any way. Just got the job done. You know, nothing against them; they were decent, right? But then you had that remaining like thirty or forty percent that were bad in one way or another. You know, I saw all kinds of teachers, the the kind of washed out, like, cynic. I saw the, the creep, you know, the guy that genuinely is creeping on high school, you know, girls. And I saw just people that had no, no real, like, merit as educators. They might have been good enough to to get by, but only just. And it's just like, why do we let that be acceptable? We should we should basically be organizing our own kids' education, like selecting their educators based on merit. You know, I think homeschool groups with like a shared like hired in like you know teacher you know five families that maybe maybe it's one of the parents maybe it's not but they get paid to be the educator for those five families kids 
ages, you know, varying, right? But these kids are, you know, with the advent of online education, like, why do we need to send them to a prison complex? You know, if they want to participate in sports, there's many ways to do that. If they want to, you know, be in clubs or whatever, there's, we can do all of the best things of the education system without, without the force, without the coercion, because that's what it is. You know, the, the, the fact that if you don't send your kids to school and you don't, you know, you can literally be, you can be sent to jail. Some places, you know, are very, you know, some places are very uh, friendly towards homeschooling. Other places are not. But it just, it's serious shit to let your government program your children. I'm not, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just being honest. <sighs> so I'm kind of tired here, y'all. I think that's enough. I, I feel like I got a bit rambly there and I always, you know, strive to be interesting and, and brief, um, maybe not brief, but concise. So I'm just going to wrap it up because I'm, I'm about out of steam. Thanks for listening. This has been Mike the Polymath with the Easy Peasy Podcast. Come back again. <laughs>